Buckle up and get ready, because your weekly news wrap awaits. It's time for Rush Hour with Amukta and Nicole. Hello and welcome back to Rush Hour again. My name is Nicole. And I'm Amukta. And we have a lot of news for you today. So we're just gonna hop right in. I have the first story and it's a bit kind of concerning. On Wednesday, FBI Director Christopher Wray said that Chinese hackers are targeting American infrastructure like water treatment plants, pipelines, and the power grid so that Beijing can wreak havoc in the U.S. if it ever decides to do so. And this is a threat to national security and American civilians because China has targeted civilian infrastructure, not just political and military targets, which means that if China ever did decide to strike, it would cause real harm to American people and communities. But it's interesting because the U.S. government has not brought a lot of public attention to it until now. I'm not sure if that was to um, keep people from freaking out or if they're just trying to ignore it for too long. I'm not sure. Um, but for years, China has been accused um, of trying to steal American intellectual property. And we have an entire House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, which is focused on the challenge that China poses to the U.S. and how to counter it. So they're working hard right now. Um, this is a rare case of a bipartisan agreement on Capitol Hill. So everybody agrees that China can be a threat to national security no matter which party so it'll be interesting to see how the government collaborates and comes to a conclusion on what to do with the situation so that there's no conflict between the two nations because that is if something happens that made china want to strike like i said it's targeting american civilians so there could definitely be a big catastrophe and also just I don't know, With in this day and age, I feel like there's so much high-tech weaponry. Like, I do not want to get into a conflict with really any nation just because of, like, how far we've come in, like, technological, I don't know, harm. Yeah, that's terrifying. And these hackers are associated with the, the Chinese government? Yes, yes. Oh, that's such a public threat. That's... I know it is interesting, and we've seen like with the the balloon, the Chinese oh, balloon yeah. that was like last year. They and tried to downplay that though, didn't they? By saying, "Oh, it was just an accident; like it wasn't supposed to go there." Actually, well, yeah, I think that's what China said. I forget what happened, like what the U.S. said about that. But there's definitely been some like threats to um, security in the past with China, and like some a lot of talk about that. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't have as much to say about that topic, but Amukta's topic, we are very close to, um, so we can have a good conversation about that. So do you want to take it away? Yeah. Um, funny enough, this also has to do a little bit with Capitol Hill. Um, but if you heard STEM news from Sophia Loisel, it's played on the station a couple times. Um, and this particular story has circulated a little bit, but you might be aware of this, um, but parents all over the country are furious with the lack of controls and social media apps for children that lead to the harm and even death of their kids. Um, I remember in one particular 
circumstance one child died from the like the tide pod challenge back in 2019 so their parents came to the to this to the senate meeting that was taking place um so parents clutching pictures of their deceased children headed over to the senate meeting being held in capitol hill where the chief executives of x snapchat discord meta and tiktok were present so mark zuckerberg was there as well um trying to prove to them the impact that social media had on their children during the Senate meeting, the passing of a bill introduced uh, two years ago by two senators, I believe, uh, was discussed. Um, this is called COSA, K-O-S-A, or the Kids Online Safety Act, which would censor content that's sexual related to substance abuse, self-harm, and eating disorders for any children under 16, and just increase parental controls overall so parents can kind of monitor what their, what their kids are seeing. Um, but after the meeting and after the executives left, the parents continued lobbying with Congress members for this bill. Um, I, this actually kind of reminds me of the women's movement. I know this sounds completely unrelated, but we talk a lot about <laughs> lobbying um, oh, in history right. class with the with the women's movement. So this is a very similar. It's a very uh, uh, what's the word? It's a helpful tactic, I guess, because especially in this situation when there's so much emotion involved with like death of children and who knew it could be caused by something everyone thought was so harmless like social media right yeah and we're you're 16 right i'm 16 yeah we're both 16 so this i guess doesn't really affect us but it does remind me like i babysit a lot and whenever i'm at these kids houses they're all of their well i guess it's not the same for video games but i've babysit a lot of families that have um like disney plus where the parents account is like locked and they mm -hmm. physically can't get in and so the kids are um like limited to only parents like approved shows and then yeah. also they can only have like youtube kids which i feel like we didn't have i guess it's because we grew up in an age where technology and like these social media um apps were really new so they didn't have as many restrictions as like when we were young and they didn't i don't think they really had a harmful impact for us either not that i can remember like myself being so into like tiktok i don't even remember if tiktok was a thing for a little while it was like musically but that was just yeah. like lip syncing videos <laughs> so i don't think that can really do too much harm but i do remember the tide pod challenge and that was like when we were like young and yeah. that was like over like youtube or something mm -hmm. and i do remember a lot of kids talking about trying to eat tide pods which is really yeah. really concerning <laughs> um i don't know but i guess yeah like tiktok now while there's youtube kids that can monitor what kids are watching there's not a tiktok for kids so they're really yeah. getting to witness like everything on certain apps and i guess that is really where there's a lot of harm that's coming from that so yeah and there's a lot of um ba not backfire a little bit of opposition actually to this to this bill because a lot of people are afraid that um it's going to be misused to censor content like uh, lgbtqia plus content so they're worried about that because that's been controversial too amongst amongst certain parents who don't want their children to be exposed to anything pride related, anything LGBTQ plus related. 
So there's there's some members of the community who are a little worried about that. But I think the I think the main reasons are for like the four categories I listed, like self harm, substance abuse, anything sexually related, um, uh, or eating disorders. Right. I think that's interesting, and I think I don't know maybe. Obviously, I'm not a parent, so I don't know if my opinion is that valid, but I think that if you are a parent, there are ways to restrict what your kids watch unless they're, like, going on social media behind your back. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like there are, if you don't want them to watch certain content, there are, like, ways to block what they can search up on the internet and what they can watch. it all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our school does happen to do that all the time. Kind of gets in the way of my learning, yeah, I guess. A little bit. <laughs> it's, I guess it's more games, though. Like, you can't search up games. Yeah. It's blocked. But, um, but yeah. So, I, obviously, because our lives are basically on social media, um, I think that it'll be really... I'm really intrigued to see what will happen with this and to see how everybody's lives will be influenced because they are going to be if this bill passes. Um, but that is that was all of our big pieces of news today. Now let's move on to speed news, and I think Nicole can take us off. Yeah, so this is very um, big news for anybody who watches Formula One car racing, and if you do, I'm sure you've already heard it by now. It's that seven-time Formula One champion Lewis Hamilton announced that he is leaving the Mercedes team after 2024 to join Charles Leclerc at Ferrari, which is huge because Mercedes, he has won so many championships with Mercedes and um, Ferrari, I guess he's, he's just really unhappy with how they're fixing their car right now. So he's trying to move to Ferrari to hopefully get one last um championship before he retires so we'll see if he can do that in 2025 already retiring wow yeah he's pretty uh, he's getting near the retiring age in um in f1 so well i'm not i'm not an f1 fan but hearing these names even i know this is a pretty pretty big deal (laughs) yeah um so next it's groundhog day I don't know if that many people really pay attention to it anymore, but Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog this year, (laughs) decided to come out and determine that we'll have an early spring this year. I am so happy about (laughs) this. You do not know how happy I am. I feel like he never says that there's going to be spring ever. And yesterday I was sitting in my seventh period class and my desk was just lit up by the sun coming through the window and it was Mm -hmm. the best feeling that i've had in months because i feel like we haven't gotten any sun in so long and it just i just felt so great so i'm so happy that hopefully spring weather is approaching but um yeah that is i feel like yeah he always says it's going to be winter so it's a nice surprise today it's, it's a change yeah if you watch Breakfast on the Briz or listen to Breakfast, oh my gosh, why can't I say the name? Breakfast <laughs> on the Bridge. Um, this week, I did the news for 
the morning show and this was on it but in case you weren't listening ex-us air force pilot tony romeo has published sonar images on instagram of a plane-like shape at the bottom of the pacific ocean that he claims to be amelia Earhart's plane which crashed in 1937 when she was trying to fly around the world so we'll see we i don't know if there's any way to be certain about like if it is actually her plane because like other researchers have said that they found like her bones or her plane Mm -hmm. on islands in the pacific so i don't know if we really know if it's true but it is exciting i guess it is (laughs) that okay amelia Earhart's stories i think is one of the the most chilling or like scariest stories in history for me because there were also rumors for a while that she like got stranded on the bermuda triangle (laughs) oh i've heard that too yeah because like all of the ships and planes go down there Mm -hmm. yeah so i guess oh no that's not in the pacific so yeah this is a different the bermuda triangles in the like gulf or the atlantic or whatever because it's near the bahamas so yeah there's a lot of conspiracies and this doesn't really prove one right or wrong but maybe maybe it is her plane we don't know maybe that that would be exciting that that would be really exciting um today we witnessed a skyscraper sized asteroid which will thankfully safely pass earth at a distance of 1.7 million miles so we're good we might see it though but because of this distance it obviously won't look skyscraper sized but it is a pretty, pretty major, pretty large um, asteroid. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that it's passing Earth. Have you ever seen that video of what would happen if a needle hit Earth at the same speed of an asteroid? I have not. What, what would happen? The entire Earth would blow up. A oh needle. God. <laughs> so wait, maybe it's not at the speed of an asteroid. Maybe it was like the speed of light or something. I forgot what speed it was. But it, it like the video showed that this needle hit one specific spot like the size of a needle and the entire earth like blew up so so we would be dead even before we realized that a needle was hitting the earth yeah i guess so i'm um. not trying to get any <laughs> skyscraper sized asteroids to hit earth well um, thankfully it won't so yeah we're, we're good that is some good news right there folks and <laughs> i have some more good news to share with you we discussed a few weeks ago um this is also space related we discussed a few weeks ago about how japan was said to be the fifth nation to land on the moon um but their craft was they were about to like lose this achievement because their craft had a wonky landing on its side where its solar panels were pointed away from the sun which caused almost caused the mission everything um it's called the slim smart lander for investigating moon and it was shut down for days after this happened but the problem has been resolved by a change in the lighting conditions that helped slim's batteries recharge so this makes Japan the fifth nation to achieve a soft landing and work efficiently on the moon. And what's more is that they also had the highest precision landing ever achieved. It was 180 feet from the targeted area, which seems like a far distance to me, but I guess that's like really close in lunar landings. And so this shows that this technology could bring crafts down to lunar hilltops with this 
level of precision. And those hilltops are the perfect place to look for oxygen and hydrogen, which are elements that scientists could use to produce water and air for future astronauts. So that's, that's pretty amazing because um, 180 feet. Well, the moon's surface area is so large. I'm sure that's a that's a it's a pretty great achievement. Yeah. And Japan is a very much a technical technologically advanced country so if they're looking for elements like oxygen and hydrogen i could assume that it would be more for just their future astronauts maybe for like maybe like something similar to what elon musk is thinking oh <laughs> are we trying to maybe we're trying to live on the moon in the future I guess guys so. um i would personally actually maybe i if s- space tourism becomes a thing maybe that's what it could be used for because yeah i would never go to mars just because, like, you can't ever come back to Earth. Maybe if Mars, like, turned into a second Earth, then it, would, like, wouldn't be that bad. I, and if I all of my that. friends and family went there. But the moon, you can come back. And it's not yeah. going to take too long the to get there. The journey is It's, like, three to four days and but compared to the mo- compared to Mars. Which is like, just, like, years. Yeah. So. Years are, yeah. But Maybe I would <laughs> go if they had oxygen and water for me there. <laughs> I don't know, but it is interesting, and we'll see what happens with that. Um, this next piece of good news, I don't know if it's good news. I just thought it was really funny, um, and probably not a good thing to end on, but it is funny. <laughs> okay. So British and America, or Britain and America, have always had their differences, you know, starting from the... Um, the Revolutionary War back in oh, 1776. Yep. But now they have concerns over tea because, as we know, when we think of tea, we think of the British, you know, with the little pinky up, with the little mm-hmm. ceramic cups and high fancy tea. But um, a college chemistry professor from Bryn Mawr College claimed in one uh, it, it, that a perfect cup of tea, to make a perfect cup of tea, you need a pinch of salt. Which is oh. a little bit controversial, um, and the British are going crazy over this, um, s- with all kinds of slander, because in their mind, Americans only drink coffee, and if they make tea, they microwave it. Like that's their level of tea making. So to hear to hear that putting salt in tea is a good idea, they they're going insane, and it's been described that. This level of feud over tea hasn't happened since the Boston Tea Party. <laughs> Maybe we'll have the Boston Tea Party 2.0. Maybe. <laughs> I've heard, I saw a video of some British kids like learning. It's like they eat American school lunches and like learn about American things. Uh-huh. And one of the things that this person taught them was that most Americans don't have electric kettles. And we heat our water up on the stove or I guess microwave it. And (laughs) I don't have an electric kettle. I have like a normal kettle that like, well, normal, I don't know. But it's like just a kettle that you put on the stove and Uh then heat the water up. And I don't know, it has a thermometer, I guess. Hot or a little stove pan. Which seems just as efficient. Like it takes just as much time as an electric kettle. But apparently they're very very technological with their tea making and have, <laughs> have it all electric and everything. So I think they have a lot of opinions on tea. I guess that is like the symbol of their country. So I understand 
if they were trying to mess up hamburgers, I think Americans would go crazy. That is true. But it's, it's funny how even like what is it, a hundred something years, over a hundred years after the, no more than two hundred and something after years after the the Revolutionary War, we still get into little little fights and things like tea. Yeah. Or like British will um insult American culture. Um, call them like uneducated, but I I do think that's most of the world, though not just the British that will insult Americans for like their knowledge of geography and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we're not the best at geography, but we also have like I know the most used thing about well I guess it's like imitating their accent. Yeah, um, and like <laughs> <laughs> water bottle, <laughs> but also like the teeth. Thing. I feel like that's a, also a big stereotype. It's like the British have oh, really bad teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we both have some things to say about each other. Yeah. I kind of want to try some tea with a pinch of salt to see how it tastes. But oh, I add like okay. honey and stuff. So I feel like that's kind of counteracting it. But it, I don't know. Maybe Dude. I'll try. I'll yeah. try it this week and I'll, we'll get back to you yeah, let, let next, next episode. <laughs> see, if it's, see if it's actually good. Well... That is it for today. That is all of our news. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week with the tea results. And <laughs> um, you can wait for us until then by staying tuned to KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Rush Hour. If you missed it, you can always find this in all of our past Rush Hour episodes on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the music and conversation that spans generations on 88.9 The Bridge.